I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. I'm sure it's been full of uh, excitement, but some struggles as well. But know this, what God is always on our side. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, the other day, my wife and I and the boys, we had the opportunity. It was great. We had an opportunity to go see an O's game. And uh, so Friday, I got to tell you this story. It kind of flows right into to my message. So Friday we went and uh, we, we were heading to Baltimore and uh, we got there. And, and while, while I'm driving through, through downtown and we're going to our hotel to check in, I see, um, I see all these people walking down the streets. Well, that's nothing new about that, right? Okay. But as they're, I'm observing, does anybody else, like I watch people. Is there any other people watchers? Praise God. That's the quality that God gave you. All right. And I'm a people watcher, so I'm always watching people. Like, what are they doing? You know, what's going through, through their mind? And, you know, that's, that's just me. That's just how I made up, right? So I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm driving in the traffic. It's like stop and go. So, like, drive five feet, I'm stopping, and I'm looking around and seeing all these people. And I notice they're weird. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. They were weird. Like, I'm going to an O's game, and I'm thinking I'm going to see a lot of people dressed like with their jerseys on, their Oriole gear, unfortunately Toronto Blue Jay gear, you know, things like that. And I see a couple of that, but I see a lot of people wearing some weird stuff, like Comic-Con. Anybody understand what Comic-Con stuff is, right? right? That's cool. I thought that was, I think that's cool when they make their costumes, and that, some of that can be pretty, 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 pretty cool, all right? So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a loss of words right now. So, um, but these people were not dressed that cool. They were dressed like with like this, this bright colored hair flowing from here all the way down to the ground. They had like bridles, like horse bridles around their necks and all this strange stuff, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. This is kind of strange. I get into the hotel and they're everywhere. <laughs> I'm going, what, what have we signed up for? You know, this, this, I, I don't, boys, just close your, we're just going, you know. And uh, so, so we go to the game. It was great, blast. We had a blast. You know, my boys made it through nine innings of a baseball game with one bathroom trip. That was from God all by itself, let me tell you. And fireworks, all right. So anyway, so, so we get back to the hotel and everything's quiet. I get up, you know, I'm an early riser. So I get up in the morning. I go downstairs to go get some coffee. And I go down there, and oh my gosh, they're everywhere again. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? This is kind of creeping me out. So I get up to the front where I go to pay for my coffee, and I look at the, the, the lady, and I gave her my, 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 my card to pay for, for the coffee, and I said, real quick, why are there so many weird people here? And she looked at me, and she goes, and this is coming from the guy with the Star Wars credit card, Okay. Now, I only have that for my boys, okay, understand that. Well, I'm not into Star Wars. I'm really not. But she got me. I got back to the room. I was like, Andrea, I, I got to get a new card, all right? I can't ha- I, got, I got roped into them people, all right? And, and so she goes, well, what's, you need to understand what, what this weekend is. And I was like, well, what is it? It's My Little Pony weekend here in Baltimore. <laughs> like, I didn't know it was a, such a thing. Like, all genders are representing My Little Pony, you know? And it just was really weird. Now, why am I talking about, why in the world would I even bring that up? It's because we all have stuff that we like in life. Let's just face it. We all have things, people, uh, time, schedules, 
activities, stuff that we really, really enjoy. Now, of course, I don't enjoy their little My Little Pony stuff, but it hit me there for a moment and go, you know what? We really have such a diverse uh, humanity that we have so many different likes all across the board. And that's cool that we're all made up that way. It's great that we have likes. You know, I, I even think God himself is entertained by the things that we enjoy. Now, like looking down going, really, My Little Pony? You know what I mean? You know? Or really, Pastor Kevin, the Orioles? I mean, they're so horrible right now, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that, right? And, and, and so I really believe that there's interests that are developed with inside of us, and that's great, and that's fantastic, that's wonderful. All of that is good. We have stuff that we'd love to be a part of, and that's what makes us who we are. But the problem becomes is when we place these things ahead of God himself. And so what we truly end up doing is worshiping this stuff, so to speak, rather than enjoying it, and worshiping who we are to worship, and that is who God our Father. And that's what this sermon series that we're on, what God really wants, has been all about. The first week we understood, what does God want? He wants you. That's what he's wanting. He wants you. He wants your undivided attention. He wants you in every way, capacity, that he can get you. Last week we talked about what, 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 um, what are we to do? You know, what is our responsibility? What were we made to do? And that is what? Simply worship. Understanding this, that yes, God does adore us. And that God does love us. But we are the ones to worship God. It is our sole responsibility. If you recall, we looked at Lucifer within the scriptures. And we understand that he was what? The first worshiper. That's how he was designed. But then after he was cast down, then we began, we were created, and we then took on that responsibility of now being the worshipers. Now, what I want to, for you to understand, this is not in your notes, is that you were made to worship. You cannot stop from doing this. That's why, what, you have, you, you love things. That's why you are expressive. That's why you will find something to pour what? Your time, your schedule, your money, and your emotions into. You can't help it because you were created and made to worship. The problem is, is what are we worshiping? Today we're going to break down another layer of what I consider this worship journey. Like, for instance, when you say worship service or church service, most of the time it would be considered different within Scripture. Uh, let me help you understand. Luke chapter 19, I'll give you some um, backstory here, it, setting it up for you. It's the Sunday before Jesus was to be resurrected, all right? Today we would call that Palm Sunday. And it's called that because Jesus was uh, real popular in this moment. Jesus in this moment was an accepted person, he was going into Jerusalem, and then, you know, it only took, what, for a few days for everything to completely change. So Jesus, on this one particular day, was so popular that what we might be considered as a parade was taking place. He's coming in to Jerusalem on a donkey, and they're laying down what is considered palm branches before him. Some are being laid down before him as a way of entrance, Others are being waved 
as an act of worship. Now let's go to Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 37 through 40. It says, when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives. Now understand, that's just outside the, the city gates of Jerusalem. A, a, what The whole crowd of disciples began, to joyful, began joyfully to praise God in loud voices. Not just the twelve here, understand. But the word disciples is meaning followers of Christ. With loud voices. In other words, what they were having in this moment was a spontaneous moment of worship. All right? It says they were doing this because why? For all the miracles that they had seen. So they had seen great things have happened. They witnessed great things. They have heard of great things taking place. Verse 33. It says, Blessed is the king who comes, what? In the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So what they were doing is they were praised and worshiping in that place, in that moment. But the problem was they began to offend a certain group of people, and we're going to call them religious people, all right? They were all about the traditions of things rather than the openness of what God can do in their lives and how we are to freely express, okay? Verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now, I love this. Verse 40, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is Jesus' way of saying, watch this, I'm enjoying this moment. I'm enjo this is worship, and I'm enjoying this. We have in our mind that what we do is a kind of worship that God likes. But what I want to do this morning is kind of submit to you that the Bible hasn't defined it in the way our traditions express it. Understand this one thing, that God doesn't just live in here, but he lives in where? Here. The Bible tells us that we are simply the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are going to go on this journey, and, and I'm going to ask this question. Then what does God actually like? Or what is God's style of worship? God wrote a book. Used several authors, a key one being the name of King David, being one of those authors, in the book Psalms. Simply put it, it's a biblical word for songs, songs of worship. Note that it is the largest book in the Bible. It carries 150 chapters. So with that, obviously, God is showing a lot of importance right here in this book. In other words, he's saying, here's what you need to do. You need to pay attention. This is important to me. If it's important to God, I'm going to ask you this question. If it's important to God, should it then be important to us? Absolutely. These psalms are God's styles or expressions of worship, of praise. That doesn't necessarily look like a Sunday morning gathering like we're doing here today. So for us to really grasp this and to understand it, we have to, we have to dig a little deep here for a moment and look into the original language. The Old Testament was written in the Hebrew. The New Testament was written in the Greek. But there's a problem for us. And that is both of these languages have more words in them. Follow me here. Please pay attention. Grasp on this as much as you can. 
The problem here is that these, both of these languages have more words than our English words, our English language. Like, their vocabulary is much more uh, larger. It's much more vast, okay? So when the translators were translating the words, sometimes there wasn't the perfect word to simply describe what was being said. Understand that. Now, the Hebrew language is a pictorial, meaning it, if you had one single Hebrew word, it literally could possibly take like a paragraph of our English words to try to define it. All right? So grasp that for a minute as we continue. So now when you look up the words in the Psalms, it could be one of seven completely different words. Here we go. Your first one. Halil. All right? The meaning of this word is simply to what? To rave. To boast. To celebrate. Right? Who doesn't like doing that? Okay, that's great. I guess you all do not like doing that. I enjoy it. Look, I'm a positive, happy person, typically. Sometimes things can get on my nerves. Not my kids. All right? The other, the other night, we're at the ball game, and it was like one to nothing, two to nothing, three to nothing. You know, here, here I'm going, oh, man, this is going to be a disaster, right? And so I'm sitting there, and, and, then, and then we had a guy on, like, second base, and Chris Davis, come, you, I'm sorry, I've lost some of you already. I apologize, all right? Chris Davis comes up, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a strikeout, you know? He hits a two-run bomb. I mean, and, and understand, my seats were right behind the Toronto Blue Jays dugout. I didn't rub it in their face, not one bit. <laughs> Literally, I mean, like, I'm here, they're right there. I mean, it was great. It was fantastic. They were free. I didn't have to pay for them. It was blessed. Jesus, thank you, Lord. And, and, and so he hits a two-run bomb, and all these Toronto fans are all around me because that's where their team's sitting, and I'm the lone Oriole fan sitting right there. My own family is just like, <laughs> you know? I jump up, I'm like, yes! We're not going to get shut out. I don't even care if we win it this time. What was I doing in that moment? I was excited. I was so thrilled. And, 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 and I say that because understand as a Christ follower, you have the greatest future ahead of you. No person, no thing can ever take away what God has given you through salvation. That alone should bring out what? Boastfulness, celebratory, right? Excitement within your life. All right, God likes this. See, me and God, we got a lot in common. He made me in his image. I can't help that I'm so excited. That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> he doesn't mind if you get just a little bit awkward, you know? Psalm 35, verse 18 says this, Then I will thank you in front of great, uh, what, assembly. I will praise or I will halil you, clamorously, what, being foolish sometimes, celebrating. He says, you before all the people, notice that word all, watch this, oh my goodness, it's so easy in this setting, right, to be here in a worship service and, and to hear Charles, man, throw down on that song and the worship band and to be here with one another and, and, and you know what, we, we're comfortable in this setting, why? Because we're around people who are just like us, or at least I hope so, 
And, and we don't have a problem worshiping God and praising God in this moment. But what happens when we're outside of this moment in this setting? And maybe we are around people who aren't Christ followers. And then what do we, uh, I don't know if I can do that. The Bible says what? In front of all people. We're not looking for conservative praise. We're, we're not looking to protect our egos. We're looking to uplift Jesus Christ. All right, second word, yada. Not Yoda, yada, right? To acknowledge in public, right? To acknowledge in public. What does that mean? Extended hands. There's sometimes I'm sitting here in worship and I'm not boasting on this, but I go, I got to get my hands down. I'm just tired. Have you been tired like that? If not, there you go. Think about it. Worshiping God, expressing it bodily, expressing it and allowing God what? He loves that. He loves to be acknowledged publicly. Does it have a purpose? Of course. Psalms 138 and 1 says this. I will praise you. In other words, Yada, I will lift my hands. I will acknowledge you, Lord, with what? All my heart. With all my, I got a story to tell you. My wife's going to kill me. Don't tell her. Some of y'all rap me out all the time, too. Let me tell you. So we have this drain that keeps clogging up, you know? And so she was like, like on Groupon or Pinterest or one of them websites that when I know she's on it, I go, this is going to come, you know? And she found this, this, this thing that like, it's miraculous. You stick it down the drain and you got to twirl it around. You pull it up and it pulls all that nasty gunk out of there. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, so we have this problem with this drain in the house. So last night... We're, we're driving home, and she goes, you and I, we're attacking that drain tonight. <laughs> I know what that meant. You're attacking that drain tonight. <laughs> so we get in there, right? And, 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 and we're, 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 you know, she, she gives me the part. She goes, here, you put it together. You, you do it. You read the directions. Oh, okay, great. So anyway, so I do it. She's standing there, just you know, like hovering over me. Has any wives ever, husbands, you ever had that your wife do that? Like, you better do this correctly. I'm not touching it but you better do it correctly, right? <laughs> so, so I take this contraption. I don't even know what it's called, but it's heavenly now. I'm just going to tell you it's heavenly. So I stick it down in the drain. I'm reading the directions. It says twirl it around. I twirl it around. I pull the thing up. It was like Chewbacca came out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like I thought the thing was going to start talking to me. She looks, she goes, clean it. I said, I ain't touching it. You clean it. It got thrown away. All right. But in that moment, when it came out, I went, oh, yes, Lord, thank you. She looked at me like, what? I was like, that had to be from God because I didn't create that, you know? Uh, God loves it when we express our worship. He loves it when we are freely not being embarrassed of him and who he is, what he has done for your life. Can you, you can't even count all that God has. There's things that God's done for your life that you have no idea that he was even involved in. All right, here we go. Third, Barack, not the president. Barack, to bless by kneeling or what? Bowing. You know, a picture of this would be presenting yourself, submitting in what? Reverence, surrendering God, saying, you know what? I belong to you. It's interesting that this word praise can mean so many different things. It can be celebratory and lifting up hands. But in this moment, it means, you know what? 
I'm bowing before you. Psalms 103 and 1 says this, Praise the Lord my soul. All what? My inmost being. Praise his holy name. What does that mean? I'm just, I'm showing reverence in this moment. God, thank you. Thank you for what, you know, there's, there's been moments in my life where I, I you know what? It, I wanted to pray, but I, I had nothing to say. I had absolute, I, I, words couldn't express what I was feeling. Sometimes in those moments, the only thing you can do is what? Just, God, you know what? Here I am. I love you. I adore you. I, I don't know what to say to you, but God, in this moment, I'm going to be reverent to you. And whether I'm in a church service, whether I'm at home, wherever I, have you ever been in your car, man? You ever, I, I thank God for tinted windows. People think you're crazy. Right? But being in those moments where you can just what freely express to God, God, I love you. Lord, there is so much that you have done in my life, like I said before, that I, I don't even know everything, God, that your hand has been working and stirring things up and placing things in place how you want them in order, what? So you can get the glory, the honor, the praise. All right, the next one, Zamar, making music to God with strings. I uh, I am so jealous of these guys who can play these instruments like this. Because I, 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 I would love to be able to, but I just, nah, it just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and but what is it, you know, God says there, there's a praise here with, within that language. It says, Zamar, making music to God with the strings. Watch this, Psalm 92.1 says this, it is God, it is good to praise the Lord and what make music to your name. You know, we talked about this last week that Lucifer himself, the Bible describes, was made as a stringed instrument along with many other things. And that then the responsibility was passed down to us. Now, I can't play a stringed instrument, but I got vocal strings that allow that wind to come through. And I can, what, breathe that, that, that worship, speak that worship unto God. Um, Psalms 150, 3 through 5 says this, praise him. I don't know if I gave you that one or not. My bad. But praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with what? Timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. In other words, guys, guess what? God likes a little bit noisy. It's okay. Do I have any loud people? I'm loud. And I'm proud of it, you know? All right. There, you know what? God loves that. All right, here we go. Next one, Shabbat. means to, what, address in a loud tone, to shout. God enjoys this. Not like, not like shouting at your kids. I had to put that in there because that's my own thing, right? But, but shouting praises to him. Let's take a look at the scripture. Psalms 63, 3 through 4 says this. Because your love is better than what? Life. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes we value our life more than we value God. The Bible tells us that his love is better than your life. He says, because your love is better than life. What's that? Hobbies, shopping, job, food, sports, right? Those, the Orioles, okay? My lips will glorify you. He goes on to say that I will praise or I will shabak, right, you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up what? My hand. 
I will what? Acknowledge who he is. All right, the next one. Uh, Toda. What? Lifting our hands in adoration. Again, there's two of them point out that type of uh, praise, if you, if you notice that. Two of them point that out. Out of the seven, they're talking about hands that are lifted. The first one was about acknowledging him. This one is about surrendering to him. In other words, God, I'm surrendering my life. I'm adoration to you. I'm lifting them up to you. Surrendering all that I am to you. Letting go of my pride. Letting go of my life. Letting go of my stuff. God, this is, my life is all about you. And in this moment, Lord, I just lift it to you. The Psalms 50 and 23 and, and the uh, New King James says, whoever offers praises, what do they do? It says, glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show, what? The salvation of God. And then the next one is this one, Tehillah. It's an exuberant praise. Psalms 34 verse 1 says what? I will extol the Lord at all times. In other words, his praises will always be on my lips. His praises will always be on my lips. God loves it when you're all into him. Regardless if you can sing good or not. Don't worry, I'm in the not part, all right? Psalms 108, verse 3 says this. Oh God, my heart is what? Fixed. In other words, I've made up my mind. I don't care what everyone else is thinking around you. Let me, let me, let me help you out here. Here's what happens a lot of times in, in settings like this. We're so worried about what everyone else is thinking that it really hinders our worship to him. Let me help you out. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking the exact same thing. What is everyone else going to think? If we could break down that wall, if we could get away from that type of thinking and begin to offer God what he truly wants, could you imagine the praise that could come from this place? Could you, look, could you imagine how marvelous and wonderful he would be lifted up? Not because of what we're doing, but because of what he has already done in your life. And for what he's about to do in your life. Understand that worship is simply love expressed. It's not worship if it's not loved. And it's not loved if it's not expressed. So, What does the man himself, Jesus, have to say about this? Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 29, it says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he he asked him, of all the commandments, and understand, it's not 10. There's like 440 commandments here, okay? Of all the commandments, which is the most important. The most important one. Now, now, understand, when reading your Bible, we come across something that Jesus says that is very important. And you need to understand, if Jesus says something is very important, you need to give very special attention to this. 
Because right there in verse 29, this is Jesus speaking. He says this. The most important one, answers Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then in that next verse, verse 30, it says this. Love the Lord your God. With what? With all of your heart. With all of your soul. With all of your mind. And with all of your understanding. Jesus is saying this. Look, I get it. There's a lot of these commandments. It's difficult everyone, you know, to, to, to answer each one of them. But here's what you need to do. If you can do this one correctly, the others remaining will fall right into place. If you can do this one, if you can love the Lord your God, loving completely what? Giving yourself to him. Showing that worship, that adoration, that praise to the one who deserves it. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's worship. But we are to give worship to the holy God. And it says this, if we can do this one thing, you know, I hear a lot of times people go, it's hard to live the Christian life. I just don't know that I can keep on doing this, Pastor. You know what? You start loving God the way you're supposed to love God and watch God figure out the rest for you. You start doing your part and watch how God figures the rest out for you. Now, here we go. What he's doing here is he's not telling you or telling us who to love, but how to do it. The first part of that little phrase that he was using was this, all your what? Heart and soul. So what you're doing is simply expressing my what? Affection to God. Now those of you who are married, if you express no affection to your spouse, it's going to be a rough, rough, rough relationship. There's your little marriage counseling moment there. If you're married, start expressing some affection. It will help things out. But we are to what? Express our affection to God. It is us coming to a place where we are what? Letting him know how much that he is loved. God is once above everything else for you to offer affection to him. So here's what you should do. Ask yourself this question. What do I love the most? What do I love the most? It needs to be God. Number two, all your mind. The mind is a tricky place. The place that, where we think. So what we really need to do here in this moment is we need to focus our affection to God, but now we need to focus my attention to God. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you absolutely know you had none of their attention? Like they're on something else. They're doing, and in the world today, watch, I'm listening to you. I really am. Just, I can do this and that at the same time. You know, I just deleted a text message while I did that. You know, think about that, right? We're, we're in, a, in, in, in a society, we're in a culture where that's okay. It's accepted. And so what has happened truly is, is we have lost, we've created a disconnect within relationship. 
People say, you know what, I can't talk to my kids. I have to text them. Stop that. Sit them down. You know, we created a rule in our home. All devices are put away while we're eating. We don't allow, and sometimes my wife has to remind me of that. Have it. I'm ministry. Ministry can wait. This is family time. <laughs> Think about it. There's moments where God is saying, I'm longing. I'm absolutely longing for your attention. If you would just give me some, you have no idea what I've got in store. Give me some attention. All right, let's take a look. Number three. Oh, so let me ask you this question. What do I think about most? What do I think most? These should be challenging. They should, they should cause us to really think about what we are doing. Number three. It says all your strength. I'm closing on this one. Your strength is what you do. So we can worship God by using my abilities to God. Whatever we are doing, we are to do what? Unto the Lord. If we are doing things for God, then it's worship as long as we are bringing God into it. So what is it we do, or what is it I do the most? There's many of you here today, maybe you're being pushed to the line this morning when it comes to this. It's my job as a pastor to nudge you or push you over the edge, so to speak. God is longing. What, is, what does God want? What does God really want? He wants your worship. Not necessarily how we've defined it here in a service in a setting like this. Because like I said, it's easy to demonstrate it right here. But what are we doing when we're outside of here? God is longing for your worship. I, I like to look at life like this. Even when I'm struggling, I'm the most important person in God's sight right now. You are the most important person in God's sight right now. The Bible tells us even before you were created and thought of what? He already had a plan for your life. He already had things set aside for your life. Jeremiah 29 and 13, I love this because it says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. Are we serious about finding him? Are we serious about finding God more than anything else? My hope this morning is that you have sat here and you've been challenged. Or maybe you could say, yeah, I get it. There's some things that maybe I'm not expressing myself the way I need to. Maybe I'm not showing affection the way I should. Maybe I'm not giving him the time that he desires, deserves, that he wants. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. I want you to stand with me this morning. This morning, maybe you're not all in. Maybe you've never committed or you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. You've not gone all in. Well, you'll never know how much God has for you unless you go all in. 
unless you get to the spot where you say, Jesus, above everything, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my master. I want you to be my savior. Today, I commit myself to you. From this moment forward, Lord, I want to live for you and you alone. So I'm going to ask, with every about ever I close this morning, I want you to think, where are you with Jesus Christ right now? Have you made that commitment in your life? What does God really want? You. He wants you more than anything else. He wants you, then the rest of it all follows. What does it say? Love the Lord your God. Love him. So I'm going to ask this question, and that is simply this. If he is not the Lord of your life, Jesus Christ, and you want to make that decision this morning, remember, I'm here to nudge you. I'm here to push you along. Let's go after him. Let's make this commitment this morning. If you have not made that commitment, and you can say, Pastor, today's the day. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. All I'm going to ask you to do is just slip up your hand. There's your question. Is there anyone in here this morning? Today's the day of salvation. All right, fantastic. Now, you can all look. It's great. I get it. There's times in my life where, watch this, I go through life and, man, sometimes other things get right above God. Sometimes I don't even notice it. That's why every day in our prayer life, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not right, show me. Show me right away. Show me. I've been challenged myself with this sermon series. There's things that I love. I love my family. I love my church. You know, there's stuff that I really enjoy. I love my time. My time is so valuable. But have have I ever placed it above God? Possibly. There could have been moments. And it's caused me to to reflect back and go, Lord, something's got to change. This needs to change. This pattern is not healthy. God, you need to be the one uplifted in honor, in worship, in every moment, every season. When things are going great and when things are going so-so and things are going horribly wrong, Lord, you are the one to be glorified. So I stand here this morning and I say, you know what? I need help with that. I'm going to ask you, does anyone else in here need help with that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, I love you so much, and I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people. And we understand, Lord, this morning, what is it that you really want from us? You want us, but Lord, you also want our worship. You want our praise. You, Lord, want to be glorified. You, Father, want to be uplifted. And God, that I would take those moments of my life, and I would show you affection, I would show you attention, I would give you, Father, the time that you desire, deserve. 
Father, I would uplift my hands and worship. I would uplift my hands and surrender. God, that I would celebrate what you have done and, Lord, what you are going to continue to do in our lives. Father, that I would rave and I would boast about who you are. That I would be, not be bashful or ashamed. But, God, I would do this in front of all people. So, Father, help us as Christ followers to not be ashamed in that manner. Help us, God, to lift you up. Help us, Father, to worship you when things are going great and when things are going bad. Help us never to forget who you are and what you're wanting to do in our lives and through us. Because, God, at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's so that you can be lifted up. It's so that, Lord, you can pour into us so that we can continue to grow the kingdom of God and fulfill that great commission. So, Father, today we love you. We give you that expression this morning. We glorify you. May we always be reminded, Father, of what you want. And that is our praise. And that is our worship. So, Father, as the psalmist said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. We love you. Have a great day.